0: on fm on dab and up to date on social media we are radio newark Newark. you are listening
1: to the girls around town here on radio newark and our guest sarah mcnichol has joined us in the studio sarah good morning hello there and thank you very much for coming in you're very welcome
0: it's very exciting actually
1: <laughs> it's not every day i get invited to be on the radio well it's nice to know that we've made your day yeah <laughs> so you're going to be talking to Rosalind about uh well about all sorts of things yourself your business and the way you help other people yeah so i'm going to hand you over to Rosalind, yeah. and she can pick up the thread absolutely, absolutely. so um
2: i mentioned earlier that uh When my niece got a coach some years ago, I was a bit like, well, why do you need one of those? You know, like, can't you navigate your own life? But I know you're very passionate about particularly women, um, you know, men as well, obviously, but women maybe in their forties when a bit like, you know, I was talking about my book called Reset. You've got to kind of reset your life. You're at that point. um, But I think what's really um, interesting to me is how did you get into coaching, Sarah? What, What made you become a coach?
0: Okay. <laughs> well, in a nutshell, as a 25-year-old, I did a personal development weekend course that kind of transformed the way that I looked at life, gave me insight into I could make choices about how I am in life that would help me deal with what comes and from then on I'm 51 now so 26 years ago I've always been interested in how we tick as human beings how we deal with the stuff that life throws at us and when I was in my early 40s um, I got burnt out so I've been working really hard and got tired exhausted and I had three friends died Um, of cancer and they were all too young really with lots of life and ideas and purpose still in them and it helped me recognise that we don't know how long we've got, (laughs) Um, life is now, today and I made a decision, over time it didn't happen immediately, that rather than keep flogging myself (laughs) on my career trajectory as i had been doing i would stop and start doing the thing that i felt really passionate about and that so was coaching that was kind of the start of coaching were you not
2: working as a coach then, then you was, said you got burnt uh, out
0: yeah i for 15 years i ran a creative business i had an architectural glass business oh, right. so working as an artist and a designer really satisfying really exciting hard work, <laughs> um, and um, and then I'd, I'd sold that business and moved into supporting mainly young, creative entrepreneurs to start their own businesses, and effectively, I was coaching. I didn't call it that at that time, but I recognised that's what I was doing, and I absolutely loved it. It was like, wow, this is so... Juicy to be able to make a difference with these young people,
2: but being um, a bit of a shoemaker's child, <laughs> you know, <the> old <laughs> shoemaker's children never wear shoes. Um, obviously, you're a coach, but you said you got burnt out yourself. Yes, um, yeah, I mean, that that must have been another
0: wake-up call, was it? That was the wake-up call, and it took me a long time to call it burnout, um, and. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a coach's daughter. <laughs> um, and I always have had lots of tools at my disposal, but at that point I'd never had like what I would now call proper coaching, no, for myself. Yeah. And by by that I mean time, space, guidance, support to stop and think about how I'm Living life.
2: Well, um, that's brilliant to know exactly how you trained in that and learned mm. that, and we'll come back to that very shortly because I'm mm. sure people listening really want to know the, the hows as well. So mm. stay tuned with us on Radio New York Girls Around Town. <phone rings> so we were chatting off air. Hi, welcome back to Girls Around Town. Um, I'm Rosalind Palmer and I'm here with Sarah McNichol, I guess, today, and I was chatting to Sarah. Um, by the way lovely dress I like that rocking that linen one thank you very much brought Summer into the studio thank you very much and yeah i was interested again in those courses that you went on to be a coach Mm. and you were saying that they were two courses and i think they're the power of purpose and the power of was it self-confidence self-esteem self-esteem and obviously these are things that i'm sure our listeners out there you know can really really relate to it's like yeah what is my purpose where am i going and how do i feel about myself so i can see that they would have been really um interesting courses how did they um equip you to be the coach you are today
0: well firstly I took the courses myself as a participant so my early coaching training was me (laughs) learning and developing and growing and then so taking those courses different courses the power of self-esteem helped me rather than look at myself through a very critical through critical eyes and see the ways in which i fell short and the things that i hadn't done and the things that i ought to be quicker faster smarter hmm. at more gorgeous you know all of the all, the all, all of the yeah. wrong things it helps me to appreciate my values and my qualities and recognize the things that i do do well And so over time, it helped me develop a really solid self-esteem, a a picture of myself. Um, And with the purpose, that was the power of purpose helped me to think about what's really important to me in life, um, rather than being carried along with invitations, opportunities, you know, getting Mm. jobs making money ticking the things off the to-do list it got me to really think deeply about what matters to me and um where i want to spend my time and effort and yeah
2: so it's putting yourself back in the driving seat really isn't it because i think you know a lot of us and, and we can all get caught up in this you know it's like we're we're the victim of our life, rather than the driver and in charge of it, you know. And um, I have a friend. Every email from her just starts off, "Oh, I'm so busy. I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. I'm so busy." That sounds I'm like you talking about my emails.
1: Uh,
2: wasn't you no in fact you're you're an example of if you want something doing ask a busy person because you're so brilliantly organized but I think we can be busy being busy can't we? and we don't take stock
0: yeah and it's very common that experience isn't it and what what the training that I did helped me do is learn a series of tools and approaches that I then went on to use with my coaching clients to take stock to pause to figure out is this actually what i want to be doing and is this what i want to be telling myself
2: yeah and how can i make my life better yeah. enjoy your ball and be in charge of it again. And
0: be in charge of it. Yeah,
2: so we can talk a lot more about that after the news, which would be great. And you can give us perhaps some specific examples of people so that we can really, really relate to it. So thanks, Sarah, and we'll be back soon.
1: We Maybe will indeed. Soon. Yes, we're talking about taking a pause. We're going to take a pause, a very, very short pause for the news, and then as right as Rosalind says, we will be back with Sarah in the second hour of the show. Before we start talking to Sarah, we're going to hear from Chaka Khan, I think, as well. Mm. So, lots to come in the remaining hour and one minute of the show. Stay with us. We're going up to the news. And uh, don't forget, you can get in touch with us if you want to uh, have your say, so to speak. We're here in the studio, 01636 if you want to give us a call, or you can email us on studio at dot I had to think about that for a moment. you think that would run off my lips? So
2: welcome back. Sunday morning, beautiful sunny day. I'm Rosin Palmer, this is Girls Around Town, you're listening to Radio Nook. and I'm joined in the studio with our guest for today, which is Sarah McNichol, who is a coach, and she spoke in the first hour about how she um, got excited about changing her life, her life's purpose, and that then led her into coaching. So um, again, I know it's a concept that for a lot of people you think, I don't really quite know what a coach is, Um, you know what a football coach is, except but what does a life coach, what does somebody who's coaching me through my life going to do? So, Sarah, um, tell us a bit more about the actual um, coaching that you offer and the kind of people that you work with.
0: Okay, thanks, Ross. Um I, I, I call myself a work-life coach. Um, I made that term up because life coach and career coach, neither of them fitted because I take a very whole picture approach to my coaching and although i've been practicing coaching for a very long time it's only in the last few years that i decided to make it my career and i did that because i changed my own work and life quite radically over the last five years at the time, I was coaching in corporate environments, coaching executives, coaching people in the NHS in large organizations um, and I was seeing a lot of people in their forties and fifties men and women who were really good at what they do but were not enjoying it, had either outgrown what they do or they were finding it they were being required to do things that no longer engaged them or suited them and um, I began to realize with the change that I was making towards working on things that were much more meaningful for me and working in a way that was kinder to myself so more enjoyable I began to see that there were a lot of people who were wanting to be doing different sorts of work that made them happier and not pushing themselves so hard not kind of, not being in the relentless rush, rush, yeah, rush and That life can be And
2: as you know I, I was <laughs> one of those people Yes um, And I paid a very high price for it I, You know, I do actually think You know, that uh, the, the the cancer came at the end of it I think that was a, a Sort of a, a price I paid for all those years of unrelenting ATL weeks, which okay bought bought the benefits of some of the trappings, but actually were very unrelenting. And I suppose what you're talking about, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, is more than some sort of midlife crisis it's also really um true now that when you're in your 40s you know you you might be looking at another 30 years work and you might be looking at a second or a third career because we obviously are going living longer and we're working longer and people really aren't happy anymore with that i'm just going to kind of put up and shut up and oh, it's working, it's miserable and I go every day, it's a bit more you know, this, like that film with Jack Nicholson, you know, is this as good as it gets, is that true?
0: That's absolutely true and it's not necessarily um, as you say it's not provoked by a midlife crisis, it's much more about I could be enjoying life better and what what can I do about it Um, and exactly you know when you're in your 40s you may well be looking at another 20 years of employment of earning money and the prospect of doing what you're doing right now may not thrill you (laughs) Um,
2: yeah and people want more and people see the price that people are paying for it don't they and you know in terms of well Disease, as I always like to say, dis ease. So it can be disease, as yeah. in, you know, the price you pay in your body or just the price you pay in your happiness, the price you pay in your marriage. You know, obviously, it's got to start with you and you being, you know, um, happy and fulfilled as much as you can. We all have to earn a living, clearly. But yeah, I think it's really, really important. So what you're saying, really, is that um, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, you can take practical steps to be happier, or to even make some decisions, perhaps to find your purpose, to move. Would, would that be right? Absolutely,
0: yes. Yeah. And I tend to work with people, I tend to work with people in their 40s and 50s, it's not exclusive to that, but people who maybe do reach a point where the impact of working hard, long hours, Busy lives is beginning to take a bit of a toll, and they recognize that if they don't do something, yeah. they, you they're, know, gonna it, they're going to pay a price. They're going to pay a price, often yeah. it's health yeah absolutely so
2: we can talk some specifics about how you work with people that would be great so um to everybody out there and i'm sure everybody's relating to this because you know we all try and get the best life balance we can yep. and be as happy as we can that, that's the deal really yes um and we have to go to work and we have all the things which are joys of course families etc but they bring pressures so we could talk about some practical ways that you can help people with all of that sarah that's great so you're listening to girls around town on radio newark and if you would like to contribute to this conversation or speak to us and phone in um we'd love to hear from you so it's 01636 or you can email studio at uk. Welcome back. It's Girls Around Town with myself, Rosalind Palmer, with Jean Rowlands, and our wonderful guest, Sarah McNichol, who I I must say I do know. Um, So I've um, shared um, many conversations with Sarah. And we were just talking um, again about coaching. And I was asking Sarah um, about why most people, you know, came for coaching. Was it this midlife crisis or was it that you just feel that you're in a rut? Or you're just exhausted with your career or or maybe you've had a bit of a curveball like um, something unexpected like being made redundant. And as somebody who personally has been made redundant three times in my career, <laughs> um, I can say that I and June's nodding too. Is that happened to you, Dude? Yeah, I think it's three times for me as well. There we go, Patrick
1: trick. Plus four with the voluntary redundancy.
2: Okay. Yeah, so we've got
0: a couple of hat tricks going on here. And what about you, Sarah? Once for me, but then I was self-employed for most of my career.
2: (laughs) But things that seem like a catastrophe or, you know, out of the blue at the time, often can really change your life for the better if you've got some way of navigating it. So all people come to you for all these reasons. How would you help them, Sarah? Well, I've developed a
0: process that takes people through a series of questions that help them really examine who they are now, what their um, skills, qualities, preferences, what they like, what they dislike, um, what their passions are, what their purpose is. The questions help them look at their work and life in a lot of depth and detail at what's working for them and what isn't working for them. And we talk about values, we look at priorities, we look at really practical stuff like time available, money required, you know, the the mm. real nuts and bolts and we gradually begin to help the client, I I begin to help the client develop a new vision for their life, a, a picture of what it could look like with no holds barred and then when they've got that picture we begin to develop a realistic plan an action plan to move towards that and that happens in small steps trying things out and it might look like applying for jobs and reflecting on job opportunities it might look like testing ideas for a new business out Um, We look at the kind of personal resources that they need. So if they need to develop more confidence, more self-esteem, we work together to help them feel more confident about what they do, who they are, what they know, and right the way through to achieving the goal that they set out for at the beginning.
2: So you use these tools and these um, strategies and to get to the heart of it and your own skill and your own empathy and understanding and I suppose the conclusion would be yeah I'm going to change my career change my life in these following ways or maybe if that's not possible or not desirable I suppose is it about making the most of the life you're
0: in totally and it's not always about changing the circumstances or the practicalities it's not necessarily about changing the job or you know the things the nuts and bolts but it's it can often be about changing your attitude towards that and being a bit more selective so for instance the really over (laughs) over busy person who spends all their time rushing around. We're looking at June, everybody. Just you, I know that doesn't
2: come across on radio, but if you could imagine it now, two people are looking at
0: June. Guilty <laughs> as charged. Is that right, June? Absolutely. Yep. And and so what that what that person might do is practice and learn how to start saying no to some things, which might sound quite easy but it's it's not easy and June's shaking her head
1: (laughs) it's actually quite funny because uh, Rosalind and I were talking while we were playing some music earlier on about one of my commitments which is actually a voluntary commitment uh, which is beginning to take up more and more of my time and whilst I don't want to let people down it's beginning it's reaching a point where I have to decide how I'm going to deal with this and where it does fit in and I can't say no to anybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and also, you're really, really brilliant at organising. So, of course, once you step into something and you're brilliant at organising,
1: June, people just want you to do more and more of it, yes. don't they? It's, it, it's, it's, it's um, And I want to do more and more as well. You know, um, because, I don't know, because I, I enjoy what I do. Um, and also there is that feeling of satisfaction when you've done a good job for somebody. Uh, but there comes a point where you have, to say no to certain things um and it's hard
0: yeah it's hard and it's really useful to have support and help and and a safe place to practice doing that and think it through (laughs) Before and I'd say just doing it. it, particularly
2: bad at saying no, aren't oh, yes, they? Because yes, we yeah. we t- tend to be people pleasers, and you know we're brought up. I mean, if you listen to some of the the love song type radio shows as well, there'll be request after request for, oh, you know, she puts everybody before herself and never complains. And I, I just have this vision of this completely exhausted woman <laughs> 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 kind of listening to the radio because she never ever she doesn't even think it possible to put mm, herself first yeah. is that true That's I mean June you give so much to other people as well don't you
1: yes and um, I get a lot back yeah you know mm. uh, and uh, in many ways I wouldn't want it any any differently but as I say there comes a point where you have to balance things and make a decision is it more important for me to be doing that or that can I do them both no maybe I can't so do I need to cut one out altogether,
0: or just cut cut back on it? You know, is that going to be enough? Uh, we shall see. And um, that reminds me of a, one of my clients who has got. She's a sole trader, so she's got a business, and she's succeeding. It's doing really well. She's been doing it several years now, and she was finding herself overly busy. Unable to say no to offers of work because as a self-employed person, you know, it's it's where your money comes from and She was enjoying all of the things that she was doing and what we did in the coaching was Help her think through what her priorities were It, it came to the point where she literally couldn't manage doing all of it and so she chose to let some things go on the basis that they were not giving her as much enjoyment and satisfaction as mm-hmm. other things, and she risked letting them go and yeah. that in itself
2: takes a bit of working out doesn't it sometimes yeah, yeah like what does make me happy you know yeah. because particularly if you you know you're juggling a job and a family and kids and you know and and there's this thing now with what they call the, the squeezed middle or yes. club sandwich where you've got you know women in their 30s uh, 40s and 50s who are maybe looking after their older parents They've still got a job. They're trying to have, you know, as great a relationship with their husband as possible or their partner, who you know, whoever they're with. And they've got kids and they're often even looking after their kids' kids um, because of childcare. And, you know, they just are getting pretty exhausted, aren't they?
0: Absolutely. One of the techniques I use, I say the phrase putting you at the top of your to-do list. And those women, you know, and men, often are putting other people at the top of their to-do list. I love that. I suppose it's appropriate that that song is actually
2: called Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own. (laughs) So um, tell us how you can make it and put yourself back at the top of your to-do list, Sarah. So we're joined here at Girls Around Town this Sunday morning on Radio Newark with our guest Sarah McNichol who is talking about coaching and putting yourself back on your to-do
0: list at the top. Well, it's simple, actually, but not easy. It it means literally thinking, what, what do I need, want to do that will help me have a good day today or a good week this week? And literally making sure that you prioritise those things. It's a bit like that um, when you get on an aeroplane and they say, put your air mask on put your oxygen mask on adults first before yes. you help other people I use this one all the time yeah. with my clients I'm like an unconscious parent is not much help <laughs> exactly um, so it's starting off making a decision to put yourself back at the top of your to-do list and then asking yourself maybe in a, in the morning when you write your to-do list whether it's written down or whether it's mentally asking yourself what are the things that are going to be looking after me today in order that I can then be effective and do a good job of the things that I'm going to do after that. Um, And and I know that you do something interesting
2: that you've started doing in summer because you also live by uh, the River Trent, I do, not in the same bit but we both live uh, by the river and what is it you're starting your day doing?
0: Well, usually if I'm at home, I start my day doing yoga by the river. And when this first occurred to me, I was, I was in the habit of doing yoga at home and I thought, I'd really like to be close to the river, closer to the water to do this. And I thought, I'm going to look like a right idiot if I go out and take my yoga mat and do yoga. But I got over myself and went out and I haven't looked back. That was perhaps two or three months ago and my morning routine is to take a cup of tea and my yoga mat and go and do yoga by the river and what do you do for yourself june
2: to make your day
0: go in um, a good way oh dear.
1: and not
0: first thing in the morning
1: but there, there's uh, everybody knows this one thing that i do for myself to make my life right and that is i go to train three times a week with my personal trainer mm-hmm. and that makes everything right
2: yes <laughs> but, um so we were talking about a lady who actually went on Facebook and talked about how she'd seen you for coaching and that it had a really positive knock on effect in other areas of her life and it's a really inspiring story which I think people will relate to.
0: Um was her name Sadif? Sadaf. Sadaf. Tell yeah. me about Sadaf. Well, she came to me for coaching and what she wanted was more confidence professionally and personally. And so that's what we worked on. And this was a few months ago. And then on Friday, I saw a message, a post on Facebook. And she was saying that she'd been to me for coaching. And she was, it had taken a while to, although she really appreciated the impact of it at the time, she felt a lot more confident. And she was getting a lot of feedback from her professional colleagues and her friends and family about how much more confident she was. Um, Two weeks ago she had an attack, I don't know whether you call it an attack, of Bell's Palsy which affected the side of her face and all her muscles slumped and so she looked in the mirror and her face looked really weird and different. And she said, because of the coaching because of her confidence in herself, rather than feeling like hiding away and not being seen by anybody with this facial problem, she actually carried on doing what she was doing. It was about to be Eid, and she was socializing with friends and family and really taking it in her stride remarkably. So it had an amazing effect yes. on her
2: life in, in ways that she hadn't really come to you for. Of course, everything's so linked, isn't yes. it? You're happy in your life, happy in your job.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when you develop self confidence, you bring that with you regardless of what happens.
2: So we're going to um, listen to Queen. Um, with It's a Kind of Magic, uh, Love Queen and I saw when I was at the movies earlier in the week a trailer that there's going to be a movie out later in the year so that'll be really interesting and we can then find out how to get hold of our great guest today Sarah McNichol um, how you can actually get hold of her should you want um, to have a coach in your life and put yourself back at the top of your to-do list We love love